remind you that next next week, um, William Hallbrook's going to be here to share with us. And I talked to him this week, and he's all set to come. He said he said he thought the Lord put a word for us in His Spirit. So I was I was excited about that to see what the Lord's going to have him say. Um, today is Pentecost Sunday, and Pentecost is the day that's. 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. After Jesus' resurrection, 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus ascended into heaven. During those 40 days, he came and he talked to um, several hundreds of people. He talked to the disciples. Um, He revealed himself to them, spent time with them. And uh, after 40 days, he ascended into heaven. Ten days later, he sent his spirit on his disciples at Pentecost. And so today we're going to take a look at what is Pentecost. We're going to look at the scriptures. And um, I just want to say that, you know, for me personally, how I approach a lot of things is, you know, I approach things like, show me in the Bible, show me what it says, show me it's true, and then I believe it. Okay? So today I'm going to take you through a very um, structured, maybe not, well, it's fairly structured, walk through a little bit of the path that God took through Jesus and how he talked about sending his Holy Spirit to the time of Pentecost. And now what does that mean to us? And so I'm going to do it from a very factual standpoint of Scripture. And so we're going to look at quite a few Scriptures. And the first one I want to look at is in John, the 7th chapter. John, the 7th chapter, the 37th verse. It says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. You know, here it's talking about Jesus. He's going to, he starts to talk about what it is his spirit's going to do and what's going to happen. And he tells the people that out of their heart, out of their innermost being, I always tell people, you know, the Holy Spirit, he dwells in our innermost being. You know, he's not, he's not you know, we know about him in our head, but he dwells down in our innermost being because it says, out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And Jesus talked about this as referring to the Holy Spirit. That out of our innermost being, out of that part of us, the Holy Spirit would come and then he would also flow out of us. He would flow out of us to those around us. And Jesus, you know, as he tells his disciples about the Holy Spirit, he then begins to remind them that he's going to be leaving. And, you know, this was kind of, he wasn't with them all that long. He was three years with them. And then in the, in the process, towards the end, he starts to tell them that he's going to be leaving. And in John, the 14th chapter, the 16th verse, he says, I pray the Father, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus says, I'm going to go to the Father, but he's going to send his Spirit to be with you. I'm leaving, but the Holy Spirit is not going to be with you. So as a church, we need to always remind ourselves that Jesus, when he died and rose again and ascended, 
He went to heaven, and Jesus is now seated, the Bible says, at the right hand of the Father. And he's going to return. He's going to return someday, and he's going to get up off it. I always, I always have this picture. I thought it would be a neat, a neat, well, make a neat movie, but I don't know how you do it. But I just, I don't know, I have this thing like, you know, the Father turns to him and says, it's time. And he gets up off his seat, you know. And then the Bible says he comes back, you know. So Jesus right now is seated at the right hand of the Father. But he says he sends his spirit to be with us. So now we have his spirit with us, amongst us, in us. And it's his spirit now that works in us and through us. And so the Holy Spirit becomes very important to us, to the church. And then Jesus at his ascension in Acts 1. Acts 1 verse 4. Jesus is now leaving and in Acts 1, 4, he says, it says, being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. The promise of the Father, which he says, you heard, I told you about this, remember? I told you that God was going to send his spirit. And he says, now wait, wait here. And he says, for John truly baptized you with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Not many days from now. Therefore, when they asked him, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You know, and they still, they were still hoping that somehow he was going to restore. Are you going to finally get things back and take it away from the Romans? Are you finally going to put your people in charge? And Jesus says, well, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But he said, here's what you need to know. He says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus says, oh, you know, don't worry about that. You know, and maybe, maybe that's a word to us sometimes. You know, Lord, are you, going to, are you going to now finally straighten out the government? You know, isn't that kind of what they were saying? Aren't you going to straighten out the government? You know, and he says, you know, don't worry about that. Don't worry. Here's, here's, what you need to, here's what you need to worry about. He says, you're going to receive power. He says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses. And, you know, I've, it's said in some circles that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit was sent at that time because the first disciples needed the Holy Spirit to get the church going. You know, they were kind of all new to them, and so they needed the Holy Spirit. Now that we got it going, we can keep it going, and we don't need that Holy, you know, we don't need the Holy Spirit like they needed the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm going to tell you something. We need the Holy Spirit like they needed the Holy Spirit. They needed it. We needed it. You can't do it in your own strength. It says, it says the Holy Spirit will come, and he will give you the power to do what I want you to do. He gives, he gives us the power to do it. It's not something we have to work up on our own. But he gives the part. He says, now, I want you guys to just wait. Just wait. Just wait here. Not many days. And, you know, we know that it was 10. That's, that's fairly quick, I would say. Fairly quick. And don't, don't wait. It won't be too long. In verse 14, it says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with Mary and with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. You know, it's important to see here, they were all in one accord and praying. 
You know, they were all in one accord in praying. They, they were agreeing that they needed to wait for the Holy Spirit to come, and they were in one accord. They had agreement about that, and they were praying. I'm sure they were praying, Lord, you know, and they didn't know for sure what was going to happen, but I'm sure they were praying, Lord, um, help us not to miss it. You know, help us to know. Um, help us to be ready. I don't know what all they were praying as they were praying together, but it says they were in one accord, and they were praying and waiting. And so they were in this, in this upper room, upper room. And then in Acts, the second chapter, when the day of Pentecost, the day, was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You know, I shared a little bit in the letter that I put out last week that, you know, we wait and wait and wait sometimes, but God then, when he works, it's a lot of times suddenly. And that's what happened here. They were told to wait. They were told to wait. And, you know, waiting seems like worthless time, if you're, especially if you're impatient. And you want to, you know, for some people, they don't mind waiting. I'm not a good waiter. I'm not a good person to wait. I see that sometimes as time misspent, lost time. I don't. I don't, I just don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm impatient. I don't hate to say it, but I'm impatient. I don't like to wait, you know. But you can't do something that God's not doing. You, you can't make this happen. He told them they had to wait, and that's all they had to do was just wait and pray. And they waited until the right time, and then suddenly, suddenly God moved. Suddenly God did what he said he was going to do. And I think a lot of times that's the way it is in our lives. And I think sometimes we miss things because we don't wait for the suddenlies. That sometimes we either get impatient and try to make things happen or we try to figure things out. We try to get ourselves involved and, and we miss the suddenlies in life because we're not willing to wait for God to move. But when God moves suddenly, things then happen. And it says that all of a sudden there was a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, I personally believe <clears throat> that God did that. Part of what he did right there was to make sure that they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was God. You know? A rushing mighty wind. <clears throat> all right, number one, what's that going to do? Well, that's going to get your attention. I mean, you know, if all of a sudden there, you're in a building and there's a rushing mighty wind inside the building. I mean, yesterday I felt like I was in a rushing mighty wind outside of a building, you know, and it felt, oh, is this wind ever going to stop? And, I, and it's like, oh, and it was so cold. But this was a rushing mighty wind inside a building. So, you know, all of a sudden you would go, whoa. What's this? What's this? And suddenly it happened. And then all of a sudden there was tongues of fire that rested upon each one of them. You know, I don't know, and I, it may, this may have happened since then. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it has or hasn't. But, but, you know, I believe that it was a sign so that they knew absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was God doing something. There could be no question that this was God working in, a, in this situation. And this, these fire, it rested upon them just like the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them. 
you know, the picture is that something outside of me came and rested upon me. It came upon me. And so we see that this, you know, they had some, some things that they could see happening. And it rested upon them. And suddenly this happened. And God moved. And it says, then they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's very important, I think, to remember. It's the Spirit that gives us the utterance. They didn't make it up. They didn't think about it. They didn't, they didn't study this. They didn't, they didn't come up with this. The Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit come and give them utterance. The Spirit came and they started to speak. And they spoke in tongues. And that then all of a sudden, when people heard this, they all come running. I mean, you know, it had to get people's attention. You know, it had to be, had to be quite a thing. You, you know, people heard, I'm sure they heard the rushing mighty wind. And, and, you know, if they happened to look inside the building and see tongues of fire on people. And the Bible says then they were speaking in other languages. And people all of a sudden from other places all around the world heard them speaking in their language. They heard them speaking. And they knew that something had happened. And the disciples knew that something had happened. And they knew that it was beyond themselves. I believe when, when this happens, I believe sometimes there's various things that go on. I believe that some people were, the Bible says they were amazed, perplexed. They were trying to figure out how these uneducated men could be speaking the language that they knew. They were trying to figure that out. One of my own personal observations is when the Holy Spirit moves, then a lot of times we're sitting there trying to figure it out instead of just accepting and receiving what God does. You know, it depends on your nature. Some of us want to figure things out more than others. Some of us are very logical, so I want answers. I want to know, I want to know what, why, how. I want, I want this to be logical. Roger shared this morning in Sunday school that, you know, the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. I just want you to know, folks, there's secret things that you don't know that aren't logical. And if you're a logical person, you just better deal with it. Because, I, I mean, I had to because it doesn't always make logic. It doesn't always make sense to me. And God doesn't report to me. You know, when you think about it, you go, well, I don't think that makes sense. Well, God doesn't report to you. He doesn't have to make sense to you. You know, it doesn't always go, oh, that, yeah, I can figure that out. You know, the Bible says God moves in mysterious ways, and sometimes we need to accept that. And the other thing is we need to not be afraid. Not be afraid. What are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? Am I afraid of what God might do? Am I afraid that God might embarrass me by making me do something I don't want to do? What are my fears? What are my fears? What keeps me from just believing that God loves me and that whatever God would do for me would be good? That it would be good. The Bible says, the Bible says he gives good gifts to his children. He gives good gifts. One of the things I think is sometimes when it comes to the moving of the Holy Spirit, one of the things we've got to settle within us is that I trust God and I believe he has good for me. That I can trust him. Another thing is sometimes I believe we have to be willing to give up something we don't want to give up. 
it's control. I believe a lot of times that's at the heart of the issue. Is when I have to start thinking about letting God have control as opposed to me having control and knowing exactly what's going on and orchestrating life, that it's really a difficult decision sometimes to say, okay, I'm willing to let God have control. I don't have to understand everything. I don't have to explain everything. Now, I believe if you look in Scripture that God is very orderly. He's not a God of confusion. So I think, you know, we can, we can explain According to Scripture, some things. But I always believe there's an element that, you know, I can't always explain. I have to just trust. I have to just trust. I have to trust God to work. I have to trust Him. And I have to be willing to give up control. I know, I know if that's, that was a difficult one for me, is to be able to give up control. So that I, you know, maybe feel vulnerable. Maybe feel vulnerable sometimes. Most of us don't like to feel vulnerable. You know, did the disciples feel vulnerable? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they knew what was coming. You know, Jesus kept telling them, I'm going to send my spirit. And I'm sure they went, okay, yeah, that's good. And, you know, I'm not sure they fully knew what was coming. But the Bible is very clear that once it happened, it completely changed their lives. Once it happened, completely changed their lives. Men who just months before, when Jesus went to the cross, denied him. Said, I don't, I don't, Peter said, I don't know him. I don't even know who he is. Willing to deny Jesus to the point now when they're filled with this Holy Spirit, they go out and they preach the gospel and they end up giving their lives for somebody that they denied three or four months ago. What changed? It was the power given them by the Holy Spirit to do what God called them to do. Because he says, I'm going to give you power so that you can be my witnesses. So that you can be witnesses. We don't have to do it in our own strength. We don't have to feel like, i got to figure it all out. We have to be willing to let him use us and allow his spirit to flow through us and fill us and give us the gifts that he wants to give us so that his kingdom can move forward and spread. The church has to be willing to do that. Has to be willing. You know, later on, I want you to turn to Acts, the 8th chapter. Later on, the disciples, as they went around and saw different groups where people became believers and, and uh, the church grew and they'd get a little group over here and they said, well, we better go check on these folks to see how they're doing and we better go see these folks to see how they're doing. Hey, I hear God's doing something over here. And the disciples were busy just going around checking on people and seeing what was happening and, and sharing the word and encouraging people and, and uh, guiding them. And in Acts, the 8th chapter, the 14th verse, it says, Now the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. So see, the apostles in Jerusalem, they heard that some people in Samaria had received the word of God. And so what they did then, they sent Peter and John. And they, when they went there, it says, when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had not fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. 
I think this is a very interesting scripture. The Bible says there was a group of people who became believers. The apostles went down. When they got there, they saw that they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. I assume they asked them. I assume, I assume they asked. That they, and they said, well, no. And they said, well, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because he had not yet fallen upon them. Again, of the words, fallen upon them. Like at Pentecost. He had not fallen. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when the disciples saw this, the Bible says they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So this is something that you can lay hands on somebody and they can receive the Holy Spirit apart from believing and have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. I believe that when we're born again, the Spirit of God comes and dwells in us. He's a part of us. He's, his Spirit dwells in us. But I also believe that after we're saved, that we can also have somebody lay hands on us and you can receive the Holy Spirit. I also believe that you can receive the Holy Spirit before you're saved. One time the disciples were preaching and all of a sudden the people started to speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit fell while they were preaching. Now nobody said, oops, you can't do that. Let's back up. You've got to get saved first. They didn't. You know, it's not a matter of, of saying it's got to be this way or that way. But what we have to understand is that the Holy Spirit moves in different ways in different people. Sometimes we want to lock it up and say, well, this is how it always is. The Bible says he moves and blows where he wills. Okay? So you can be, you can be saved and need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You could, you could have the power and then get saved and be baptized. Now, I think sometimes these things happen real quick. Don't get me wrong. You know, don't get me wrong. I don't think, you know, you're going to, I don't think the Holy Spirit's going to fall on you and then, you know, 100, year, 100 days later you're going to get saved. I imagine if the Holy Spirit falls upon you, you're going to get saved pretty quick. That's just my, my feeling. Okay? But what I'm saying is that no matter what our situation no matter where we're at in life. The Bible also says where Paul, he told Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you. And we sang a song this morning that said what? Fall afresh on me. Fall afresh on me. Don't ever think that, well, I had that when I was 30, or that happened to me when I was 30, that happened to me when I was 40, that happened to me when I was 10, and I'm good. It's not a vaccination. You know, it's an ongoing, ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I believe there's starting points. I believe there's times when we can point fingers. But I believe that it's an ongoing work that's never done. We continually need God's Spirit. We continually need His power. If you don't think you do, you get yourself in a bad place because now you're going to do it on your own. You're going to try to figure it out. You're going to try to make things happen, and it just doesn't work. We need to be willing to let God be God and move. And we need to realize that we need his spirit. We need his spirit. A personal opinion of mine. This is a personal opinion. But I believe as we get closer to the time when Jesus comes back, you can say, well, how do you know that? Well, it's getting closer. That's all I know. Okay? 
It's not as far as it was yesterday, so it's getting closer. Okay? I know that much. And I also know that around us, and I don't know that this is a sign that Jesus is coming back. It may be. Or it may be a sign of where our country is. But I think things are happening around us that we are having trouble dealing with. And I believe that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to deal with a lot of things we're facing in life now. That's just my opinion. And I believe that God gives us gifts to deal with these things. And he gives us gifts so that we can be the church. So that we can, we can help people in time of need. You know, we don't have to do it in our own strength. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to figure it out. I can trust God to work. And I can trust him to move. I can trust him to show us what to do. And, show, and that's each and every one of us in our own situations. We need to pray, Lord, show me what to do. Give me the power to know what to do. Give me the power to deal with this. Lord, I need your spirit in my life. I need your spirit. I want you to look at the last scripture in Luke. Luke, the 11th chapter. Luke, the 11th chapter, the 10th verse. It says, for everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it shall be open. If a son asks for bread from a father among you, will he give him a stone? If one of your kids wants, wants something to eat, will you give him a rock? You know, unless you're just being funny and playing tricks on him. No, you wouldn't do that. Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. He says, you know, if you as a human being, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? To those who ask him. It's really simple, folks. This is not rocket science. It's really simple. You just ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. You ask in faith, believing. If you ask, you believe that God will give. The Bible says he will give his Holy Spirit to those who ask him. We ask and we receive and we do what God asks us to do. If you've never asked in your life, if you've never asked before, you can ask personally. You don't have to come. You don't have to have anybody ask for you. You can ask with somebody. They can pray with you. But you can ask. You can ask, and God will give. But you need to ask. Sometimes we need encouragement. It depends on sometimes our personality. Some people need encouraged. Some people say, no, I can ask on my own. Some people think they can ask on their own, need encouraged to ask somebody else sometimes too. You know? But I'm just telling you, all we got to do is ask. If you want to ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit, I just pray this morning that you do that. Or if you want someone to pray with you, Rose and Jim are going to be up here. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and go to the potluck. And, you know, and, and, you know if you want to ask, please come and let them pray for you. The food will wait.
they aren't, I know they're not going to eat it all. And if they do, it probably won't hurt you anyway. So, but, uh, but I just encourage you, encourage you, ask. And let God move. Expect, expect him to move. That's one of the big things. Have expectation. You know, believe and expect. A lot of times we, 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 we pray and, and we believe, but we don't expect anything to happen. We need to expect. And then what I think God does is suddenly he does his thing. That's my opinion. Suddenly. The suddenlies are up to him. We pray, we believe, we ask. God takes care of the suddenlies. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would, you would help us to receive. Lord, help us to know that you give good gifts, that you give good gifts, and, and Lord, we ask you for your spirit to come. Lord, we ask for your spirit to come and to touch our lives, to fill us, come upon us, give us power. Give us power to be what you want us to be. Lord, we depend upon you. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that would would like to receive, and they just want someone to pray with them, that you'd encourage them to come up and let Rose and Jim pray with them this morning. Lord, we just thank you for your working in each and every one of our lives. Lord, I just pray you'd bless our fellowship now, Lord. Bless our time together, our time to share. Help us to meet new friends. Lord, help us to get acquainted. Help us to be able to just spend this time fellowshipping and, and being blessed. Lord, bless the food. Lord, bless those that have prepared it. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And Lord, just continue to guide us. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I would assume when they open the doors, you can go and start going that way. And Rose and Jim will be up here to my left, and they'll be willing to pray with you. So.